there's this fine line of being like intense, but not tense. And there's a fine line of inspiring him to react to me instead of like forcing him to react to me. And so um, I wanted to grow who he is and show that off to the judges, not like make him be more than he is. Welcome to Dressage Life with JJ Tate. Do you love dressage? Are you looking to inspire your ride? Do you long to learn secrets of truly great riders? Yes? Then you're in the right place. Join classically trained, internationally competitive dressage rider JJ Tate as she brings inspired conversations, in-depth discussions, and a healthy dose of humor to the world of dressage. Join JJ and her new generation of classical riders in this adventure called Dressage Life. Today's episode was originally featured in JJ's online community, Team Tate TV, a private Facebook group of inspired and supportive dressage lovers just like you. If you're on Facebook, we welcome you to join the conversation there. And now, here's JJ. Hey guys! So, sorry, I'm late. (laughs) There are so many things happening down here. I just, sometimes I just can't keep up. So I started today at 7.30 in the morning. I had a great lesson with Christine Trawrig this morning. And I'm going to get into some of that later. Um, Quick announcements. Um, Tonight, I'm going to fill in, you guys, what the week was like. Because I got to ride with three Olympians this week. Because there's no rest for the wicked. And uh, actually, with like 16 horses in the barn, uh, it's easy to just like pull one out and uh, get some help. Because <laughs> we, we all need a lot of help. And that never ends. And it really is never not about the basics. So, you know, I just wanted to share. I want to share with you guys um, the, top, the top topics we spoke about in my lessons. So, of course, I rode with Allie at the horse show. I showed Gideon in the three-star CDI. Then Stefan Stefan, came out and helped me with two of my horses on Monday. And then he sat down with me for a podcast. So I want to thank him so much for doing that. And it was a beautiful conversation. And um, I'm just so grateful for that. And um, then this morning, really early this morning, I rode with Christine Traurig, and that was the first time I've ever ridden with her, and she's actually our National Young Horse Coach. So I rode Denali, who is coming seven, and quite a wonderful talent. He's owned by Keki Vroom and Dean Wright, and um, yeah, he's a great horse. I think you guys have seen a couple of photos of him and some videos, but he's really... Um, really one of the special ones in the pipeline. And so that was a excellent, excellent lesson this morning was, it was really great. So I'm going to talk about that and, uh, you know, share with you guys some of my bullet points from that. I got interviewed with Reese and Philip for the dressage radio show. So that was really fun to talk to them. Uh, it was short and sweet and, um, yeah, but just really fun to hear from them and, I wish we could have all done it in person because that would be fun. But, you know, times are different. Times are weird. And we got to adjust and keep going forward. Turn and put your leg on. 
So yeah, and again, I, I interviewed Stefan on Monday. He was really generous with his time. And um, yeah, it was really a great, really a beautiful conversation, I have to say. He was really open about a lot of things. And of course, it's always inspiring to talk to him and hear about how he works through things and how he keeps showing up over and over again on great horses and doing a great job. So um, I think you guys will really enjoy that. So I can't wait to share that as well. And then, yeah, so let's talk about this. Oh, no, I did one more thing. I did this tonight. Um, we had an interview with Sarah Memi from uh, University of Louisville. She is the assistant professor of marketing. So for her class, she interviewed me and um, Catherine Respis, who helps run my academy. And it was such a fun conversation. And at the end, uh, I thought it was a great idea to share because at the end, she asked me, what would I share with her students? Um, you know, how to be successful uh, in, in life and in your business. And, um, I really feel like this industry is difficult because it really creates this illusion and you do have to work hard. I mean, like you have to put your hours in, you have to put your time in and you got to pay a lot of dues and have a lot of grit and perseverance and all of those things for sure. But I do think it's really important to do something that's really organic and authentic to you. I, I do feel like the Team Tate Academy is my calling. I mean, I love to ride and I love to get better and I love to learn and I love to develop horses and I love for my horses to love to work for me and feel their improvement. And I love all that. And that will never change for me. But that's a little bit um, like I'm serving the horse, but in a way I'm also sort of serving my own um, selfishness of getting better. And um, like my self-actualization is sort of about me and my growth. And I've always felt a pull and a need to help others. I've always been like the captain of the team and I've always been a leader. And um, so that's really important to be able to give back and, and help, you know, expose people and share with people um, what wonderful things I've learned from Charles DeCumping and all the wonderful teachers. I mean, God, like who gets to ride with three Olympians and, think it was four days. I mean, that's like, wow, it's a wonderful. I'm so blessed. I've also worked really hard, but um, I'm really blessed to do that. And so like part of the success is about really picking something that is authentic to yourself and then honoring that of which is inside you. And for me, it's always been about sharing and wanting to help a lot of horses because I love horses so much. <laughs> I love horses, horse, horse, horse. But it's important to me to help educate the riders so that they can ride their horses better and train them better. And so that's always been really important to me. And that's where the academy sort of organically came from. And I think that's why it's successful because um, it really is coming from inside of me to want to help. Um, I do think it's also important for everyone out there um, doing this 
or doing anything really. Um, to know thyself. I have a little statue uh, plaque that I got from my grandpa and he used to always have this on his desk and it says like, know thyself. And, you know, it was just this wonderful memento that I taken from my grandfather. And now I know just how important that truly is to really know and to really honor who you are and understand how you tick. I think it's important that we don't compare ourselves to other people. I think it's really important that you compare yourself to the best version of who you know you can be. And so what I mean by that is not everybody needs to work 60 plus hours a week to be successful. Like maybe it's going to serve you better to get a normal job or have a normal family and ride your one horse or half lease your friend's horse. Not everyone needs to ride, you know, 16 horses a day to be successful. And it's really about understanding who you are and what you need and respecting yourself enough to show up for yourself in that way. You know, a lot of times we have to really think about if I treated my best friend like I treat myself or if I spoke to my best friend like I speak to myself on the inside, I mean, would I still be friends with me? And so I think that's uh, powerful to think about sometimes. And that was a thing, you know, I said in this interview, and it, it really is powerful to know who you are. Um, I get a lot of sleep at night, maybe not a lot of hours, but I get good sleep and I'm lucky. I did not know how lucky I was. Um, but rest is a huge piece of being able to show up every day in the best way possible. And so I think if you need two days off a week, if you need two mornings a week to sleep in because you're not a great sleeper at night, you know, uh, your mind keeps going and you can't go to bed till like one o'clock and then your alarm clock goes off at six and you're exhausted and you need two mornings a week. Well, that's not the typical um, time for a rider or a trainer or a barn manager or a groom to be in the barn, but you have to kind of figure out and you'll find a lot more happiness when you understand what you need and really speak up for yourself. Um, that's kind of like my new idea for, you know, what young people need to hear or people in the sport about, you know, should I be a trainer? And you can make it look however you want it to look. I mean, I never thought a year ago I would be having almost 600 members in my academy. I never even thought I was going to be online teaching an academy. I mean, I thought I was going to build it with a building and some classrooms and, you know, all these things. And then it, it completely changed. And um, it's important to really honor that inside of you, what is authentic to you personally, and figure out how best to feed your soul. Uh, and we're all different. And that's okay. It's okay to march to the beat of your own drum. Actually, that's, I think, the main thing that will create success for you is figuring out 
how it works best for you. So that's the big advice there. And uh, moving on to my lessons. So as most of you guys know, we had this show this weekend. I showed Gideon. And I was in a really good mental space, so I was a little disappointed with how the show went uh, because I felt really relaxed. And just like Megan said in here, comparison is the thief of joy. So at first, I always go to horse shows down here and I am riding around all these fantastic riders. And I'm like, oh, you know, Stefan sits like this and Ashley Holzer sits like that. And ooh, she's really good. And she's riding like that. And oh, she's got those kind of spurs on. Because if most of you know me, or maybe some of you don't, like, I don't miss a thing. I got like eagle eye. You know, I got my eye on you because I'm always interested in learning. And so I'm also inspired very easy. So that is also why it's also interesting for me to like look at how everyone else is doing things. And not that I'm going to throw away what I know to be true for me, but it's just sometimes it's interesting to just think about something uh, that you hadn't thought of before. So I was riding around and um, I finally said to myself, like, you don't need to sit like someone or ride like someone or uh, hold your hands like someone. You need to hold your hands like you. You are you. And one day people are going to want to sit like you. I want to sit like JJ. And I want to have hands like JJ or she's got such a good seat. I want that seat. You know, so that was like a really interesting thing of, again, like that authenticity of how are you showing up? And so, yeah, so that was something that I just like really brought myself back to sit like I sit because I can only be the best version of me. Like if I attempted to be Seven Peters, which I admire him, he's amazing, he's inspiring to me, he's super helpful to me every time I have a question, he's like there for me. So that's wonderful to have. But no matter how hard I would make an effort to ride exactly like Stefan, I will never ride exactly like him because I'm not him. I am me and you're you. And we all need to just honor that of what's in ourselves. So, so I was really in a good mental place after that whole conversation in my head. And uh, thank you for those in the chat who are telling me they want seat in hands like me. <laughs> thank you, guys. Um, you know, and even Allie said, like, you're in a really good mental place. But I did not bring the heat. I did not bring the intensity. And so on the first test, um, we were feeling pretty good. And uh, usually Gideon gets pretty up in the test. And so I was sort of anticipating that he was going to do that, except he did not do that. <laughs> so I didn't really spend enough time in my warm-up really making him, you know, hot and reactive to my leg because, I mean, I thought he was going to go in there and fire up. And then he just did not fire up. And then I had no whip. And then he had to poop. And then just, oof, it just, it just did not go great. It had no sparkle. And... Gideon is pretty sparkly. He's pretty charming. He's pretty awesome. And so when he isn't like up and 
like showing off. He just looks kind of nice and normal. And so we got a nice and normal score. So, and he was actually not feeling that great the night before. So that I was proud of myself that I wasn't all freaked out about how he was going to feel um, because he had a little bit upset tummy and, you know, um, just wasn't feeling himself. And so I couldn't really have a great school on Wednesday. So for me to show up on Thursday in a really good mental spot, I was happy with that. But then in the test, it just wasn't great. So then I watched my freestyle from Devin like a hundred times and really carved out what was going to make my best performance at 7, 10, Friday night. So we're allowed to ride in the mornings from like 6.30 to 7.30 in the mornings. So I got up and I, you know, Abby did a great job grooming and I got on him about 6.45 and schooled him in the morning and just really like got my wits about me and really worked on kind of obedience in a way. Like when I put my leg on you, something needs to happen. If I squeeze my ring finger, something needs to happen. And so my intensity was already, like I had a way different intent and he showed up. He was fired up even in the morning. So that was a great sign. Then I went home and I rode some horses and then I mentally prepared and got myself together. Um, and then I was I already brought the heat in my warm up for the freestyle. And I actually thought a lot about Devin because of course, like he was so great at Devin, but he was also great at Devin because in the Grand Prix, my hamstring was cramping. So here I am at the test at Devon uh, a year and a half ago in the test, like my leg is cramping. I can hardly use it. It's a horrible feeling. So, and I was like, I just need to make it through the Grand Prix because I have to ride this freestyle because it is so much fun. Everyone is going to love it. And I, I love this horse and I can't wait to show everyone how fun this is. <laughs> Dressage is fun. And so I struggled through the Grand Prix and we got, like, we were fine. But that night for the freestyle, I was like, dude, you, you got to come 80 because I only got 20. You have to show up. You have to be alert on my leg and ready to go and you need to take me somewhere because if my leg cramps again I might cry <laughs> so my warm-up was like a totally different like firepower and so I said to Allie on Friday uh before the the warm-up for the horse show or this this last Friday I was like I've decided I need to pretend that my leg might cramp and he needs to be that electric off my leg that he is, if I say jump, he says how high. And I'm, I'm intense. I know I seem really relaxed and fun here. And I'm not too, but uh, I also have a very intense side of me that I always have to be careful with my horses that I don't get riding at them. And like, gah, 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 gah. like we're going to do it. You need to do it. Because then it's like, I feel like I'm not blooming the horse from the inside out. I'm like riding at them. And so I never, ever, ever want to make my horses feel like they are a piece of equipment or a thing I'm going to accomplish my egotistical goals with. Like I love my horses. They love to work for me. It's a partnership. 
I like worship the ground they walk on. I love them. My whole life has revolved around them. I love them so much. So I always have to be careful. Like I don't get um, at them. And so, you know, you're riding top sport. So, and I mean, I'm on a 15, two hand, three quarter Connemara. So it's like, dude, we have to be special. And so I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't at him. And so there's this fine line of being like intense, but not tense. And there's a fine line of inspiring him to react to me instead of like forcing him to react to me. And so, um, I wanted to grow who he is and show that off to the judges, not like make him be more than he is. And so there's always this like how to do that, you know? So um, we had a great warm up, and he was great in the test. And uh, the judges were really positive in their comments. And uh, we just made this, we just lost our balance in the right lead canter pirouette. So that was like a big mistake. Otherwise, um, it would have been really great. Um, and that was like, a, that's never happened before. You know, of course, <laughs> new problem to fix. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just always about like not riding to the next movement, but riding to the next best perfect balance, the next best perfect balance, the next best perfect balance. So like everything you're doing in the test or even in your ride, is not that shoulder in or that leg yield or that one pirouette. It's like, is he with me in perfect balance? And so I lost that a little bit in the right pirouette. So that was, that was not great. But um, overall, I was really happy with our performance. And then on Saturday, or no, on Monday, uh, I had a strategy meeting with Allie. So that was really great to sit down with her away from the barn and go over with all the horses. You know, what, what's the plan? What's the goal? How are we going to get there? What do we need to change? Um, and she now coaches a lot of people and she's been down that center line uh, herself. So it was really fun to really sit down and, and think it through. And so some of the things that we, you know, talked about was I need to not just demand this kind of obedient reaction to my aids at the horse show for the test like it's something special. I need to strive for that excellent reaction every day, all the time at home. Without, of course, for me personally, feeling that my horses feel picked on or like they're not enough because they're great just the way they are. And we can all get better just like all of us. Everybody can improve, but how you are is great. Just, just the way you are. Would you like to learn to communicate in a way that your horse can better understand? Check out Team Tate Academy, JJ's online classical dressage academy. As a member, you'll gain clarity through the USDF accredited lesson library, monthly Zoom meetings, and twice monthly live study groups called the Tackroom Chats. Join the community and benefit from connecting with a fun, passionate, and like-minded group of dressage lovers just like you. Be supported and empowered to make the progress you and your horse deserve, regardless of age, level, or background. Be inspired. JJ's commitment to your success shines through in every lesson and lecture. Let JJ's belief in you and your horse transfer over to every one of your rides. Visit teamtateacademy.com slash podcast today to find links to join our monthly Zoom meetings, 
purchase mini courses and live stream replays, and of course, join the waitlist for the next open enrollment. We can, of course, work on the skills to become better. So um, that was something uh, I definitely even incorporated this week already. And I need to become, yeah, just that little bit more intense and have more clarity in my riding and a little bit more discipline. And I'll get more into that because Stefan, we talked a lot about like, he is that, like he got on my horses on Monday as well. And I mean, he is the king of discipline and high standard. And Allie has high standards too, but like to hear Stefan, uh, I'll get into that in a minute, but anyway, more about Allie. So we also need to practice the test more, which I thought was interesting because when I was training with Yula Dalosh in Hungary, he would always say, I was a young rider then too. Obviously I was there from like 18 years old to 21. And he would always say, you need to, you know, young riders need to practice the test more often. Like you need to just ride more tests. And I thought that was interesting because then I got into a habit for many years that then I just never rode the test. And I just got the horse feeling in a way that I knew the test would go well because of how I got the horse on my aids. But turns out he's not enough on my aids because if he has to poop, then he is not capable of showing up anyway. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it, it was interesting. So I definitely need to create more intensity at home. I need to really, really, really pay attention to every reaction. Every request I make, what's the reaction I'm getting? So I definitely have to clean that up. Um, and getting was totally awesome today. So we are on the right track. Um, I also am being forced to ride without the whip, which is interesting because I actually have been feeling this last two weeks. I've been riding less with my whip and I don't miss it. And I feel like I actually ride better without it. But I do think I was doing a little bit like the unconscious tap, like, oh, he's not really listening. So oh, I just tap him with the stick instead of like ask, tell, demand, and the demand would be loud from the whip. So that the point is I don't have to use the whip at all. <laughs> so yeah, we're just like totally like upping the ante in general. So it was super helpful with um, Ali and talk about like what a couple other top riders in the, uh, in the group are doing. And like, I feel like I do the Grand Prix test and then like, woo, the horse needs to be iced and poultice. And it's like this big deal. And I definitely need to create more fitness and that if he needed to, he could run through the test like again. So definitely not there. So I, I need to work on that. Of course, without, you know, um, I got to build up his fitness for that and prepare. But with that in mind, I think that's really helpful uh, for sure. So then on the same day, <laughs> Stefan came over and he helped me with Apollo, of course, because Apollo is the most amazing, incredible, talented, frustrating freak of a horse I've ever had and he's amazing and I love him but it's been a real challenge and 
literally, I mean, one of the most difficult horses in the way that he's not difficult, like he would rear or buck or spook. Like he's so honest. He's amazing. But he's really struggled with finding a consistent tempo in the trot. And this has been like my nemesis, nemesis. And I'll probably have some night a talk just about Apollo because, I mean, I've been so frustrated and I've had to really do some positive self-talks about, and I love this horse so much. Like he whinnies when he sees me, he loves to work for me. Like we're a dynamic duo for sure, but uh, it has not been easy. (laughs) Let me just say that. So um, Stefan came out and I rode Apollo and then he rode Apollo and then I rode, I got back on. And then I also warmed up Denali, and then he also rode Denali as well. So the big takeaways for me with Stefan is that first, I'm overcomplicating everything. (laughs) So I just have, I don't know if it's like an engineering mind or what, but I'm like, why is that? Where does that come from? And why is that happening? I need to, I need to always know why. That's just always how I've been. I always want to understand how it works, what's going on, why he's doing that, where does that come from, what can I do to fix it? And so Apollo has this thing that he, it's hard for him to go around a left, a left corner. And he like loses his balance and um, we just have like, a, it's awkward is the best way to describe like our left corners. And so Stefan wrote him and I'm like, okay, so like, where is that coming from? Like, what is that? I'm like, I can't get him in the corner. And he's like, yeah, uh, he just doesn't want to go in the corner. <laughs> so you just have to ride him into the corner. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, yes. Okay. Like, it was so funny. Cause I'm just like, and, and it is like for him, it didn't really matter where it was coming from. He was doing that. Don't let him do that. That's the end of it. So it was really funny because I'm like, do you think it's coming from the left hind leg or is he like falling on the left shoulder because he wants to get off the right hind leg and la 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 la. And he's like, just don't, just don't go there. Just do a circle or just put him in the corner and just teach him about that's your new standard. So first and foremost from Stefan, what I learned is don't overcomplicate things. Yeah, exactly, Megan. No rabbit holes. I mean, Apollo just like pulls me down in there. And then there's like lots of different tunnels once I get down in there. So um, Stefan definitely helped me stay above ground and not go down the rabbit hole. (laughs) So um, and I think what's special about Stefan is that he is so he's got such high standards for where he wants the horse. So I feel that in the frame, I feel that in the amount of engagement, and I feel that in the horse's balance. And that's, again, when we talk about intensity, the amount of concentration it takes to truly be like, oh, no, you know, don't go there. And like every time the horse was rude into the contact, he gave him a little touch with the stick. To just change the horse's reaction to like pulling on the bit to a little touch with the whip to be like, no, think about your hind legs. Because at the end of the day, the hind legs make the neck, right? So 
it was about always reminding the horse about the hind legs, uh, but also like the consequence of action reaction. Like if the horse pulled, there was a little reminder to be like, no, uh, uh, you know, and then Stefan was saying too, with a horse like Apollo, who's intelligent and um, eager to please and pretty sensitive, he thought a lot of um, vocal cues would be good too, because then like Apollo is like falling over himself to do it right. And then he like can't stand still because he's like, you know, always adjusting. And so there is this like contentment. We have to, when riding Apollo, we have to always take care that there's clear standards, high standards, but also this contentment so that the horse feels really good about himself and and comfortable with who he is and how he's reacting. But it's one of those things of like, you're good, but could you maybe do it a little bit more like this? You know, but like, you're good inside yourself. And so I think that's pretty special about Stefan in general, because he rides a lot of different kinds of horses and has been successful on all kinds of different horses. And he really like molds them all into what he what he wants through that clarity but also you know these quiet corrections but this high standard and you know he's got such a wonderful seat and so it was a really great visual for me to like watch him sit on my horses and you know how he is aiding for things and um yeah, but the whole like do not complicate it was 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 really good. Um, and again, like one of the things I've always said about Stefan, uh, we went to visit him many years ago and we stayed uh, with him and Shannon and there's like no clutter in their house. And I'm like, I know you can't totally see behind me, but like mm, you, I'm kinesthetic, so you do not want to see my desk. And what was amazing to me is like they had no clutter. And it reminded me of, to really live a mindful life is about going back to the simple things. I've always loved that um, that sign or that saying. That's like all I really ever needed to know. I learned in kindergarten, you know, like say please and thank you, uh, look both ways before you cross the street, hold hands, put it away if you took it out. You know, just like those simple things. And I've always loved that. And when we first start life or we first start dressage, everything is simple because we don't know anything else. We don't know anything different. Then you start to learn and everything gets, wow, so much deeper and kind of complicated and so interesting and so intricate. And then you get like a little bit overwhelmed by this amazing amount of information and you really realize how much you don't know. Like what I know is how much I don't know and how much I have yet to learn. And then you have to sort of step into that profound place that it does become simple truths at some point. And that was really powerful. And that was also like evident in their house that they like live like that. And it was, it's also evident every time I watch Stefan ride and every time he teaches me, he's always like, don't kick the can down the street. (laughs) 
and don't make a science project out of it. Just make it simple. And it's like, yeah, because it should be simple. And by simple, of course, we don't mean easy because nothing's really easy. Um, of course, it's supposed to look easy, but you know, simple doesn't mean it's easy. But simple is just again that last least common denominator. Like divide it down, divide it down. No, you're still too complicated. You're still too up here. Divide it down again. And so that was a really powerful lesson that he helped me with um, for sure. And then this morning, I got the wonderful opportunity to ride uh, in a lesson with Christine and. Uh, I'm sharing a stable with Sabine Shoot Carey, who um, just like won everything at Global with like 77. She was awesome. And she's not only a totally terrific person, but she's a beautiful rider and someone I've always admired and love her connection with Senseo. And it's really fun to see her on other horses because she's beautiful on everything she sits on. So that's um, just wonderful to, to be around her every day and have a great uh, relationship together and really mutually talk about horses and the sport and it's just great but Christine helps her and so every every time Christine comes out there I'm sort of like riding around like riding around and listening uh and the lessons are in German but uh I can understand most of it so it's just been so fun to see that so I got my own chance to ride with Christine Traurig this morning and it was awesome. So again, she's one of our Olympians. Uh, she's our national young horse coach. She's uh, really based in the German classical system. She has a wonderful way to say things and explain things. And so one of the uh, big things that Stefan and I also talked about, and then Christine really followed up because I rode Denali with her, was that this idea of isometric resistance and that sometimes you need to hold. So if you want the horse to like flex uh, in the neck or in the pole, you know, flexion in the pole and the jowl, uh, sometimes it can be really beneficial to just quietly hold until the horse, you feel the horse start to give. And so then you reward that the horse feels the pressure, he releases, and then you release. And Charles teaches that, you know, all the time. Instead of this, like, seesawing, I pull, I pull your head, and then I give, and then I pull again, and I give. That's really just uh, building up, actually, the wrong muscles. So uh, Stefan talks about this, and Christine talked about this, too, how important it is to sometimes hold and just stay steady until you feel the horse um, come through that. And then you give the big reward after that. So that was, uh, something really fun to follow up with, with her as well. And we did a lot of wonderful exercises with suppling the body because we spoke a lot about Denali is a beautiful horse, super talented and, um, really a top, a top horse coming up. Uh, I'm really grateful to ride him. So thank you, Keki and Dean. Uh, but he's got a very big brace in the neck. And so for me, you know, it's, it, I like, I have to get the brace out of the neck because it just feels so yucky. And the more he braces in the neck, the slower he is behind. So there's like this activating the hind leg. But if he's tight in the neck, you're just kicking 
the hind leg up into a stiff rib cage and a stiff neck. So it's about really being able to coordinate, you know, suppling his whole body, holding until he gives in the neck, and then driving the hind leg through that neck. Um, so that was a really fun uh, time this morning, really showing him how he can use his body better. We had great exercises, and she really helped me coach him through those moments of like, in the canter, he wants to just get a bit too much up and down. And so it was just sort of like, and I tell my riders this too, like sometimes like just here's your finger and you're just going to like put your thumb, just put, just put your finger, don't press harder, don't go away, just stay, just hold your finger on it. Just put your finger on it until he comes to the other side and he, he figures his way out of that. So that was extremely helpful um, again. And yeah, and just like he needs to come up with that answer. Like he is too strong for me to muscle around or make him give. You know, it's like that whole thing when a horse is tense and you're like, relax, damn it. You know, so that never works. <laughs> and neither does like, stop pulling, you know, like, and then you pull, right? Like that also, that also doesn't, have, doesn't work. How I know these things is because... I've made lots of mistakes and I learned, I learned from that. Um, so yeah, it was really great to really help Denali put the pieces together of how his whole body needs to work together and then how to introduce different exercises for the flying changes uh, and how he needs to understand all that better. So that was just a wonderful week and those are my big takeaways I'm sure I will share some of those things also with some pictures and some videos uh, here on Team Tate TV and yeah so I would say cheers and here's a toast to keeping being inspired and we all keep learning and it's always about the basics. And yeah, I just, I'm happy you guys are here. Look for the doors to open for the next enrollment, the spring enrollment for Team Tate Academy, where you can learn all about all these different exercises and how to aid for them and how to sit and all those good stuff. So make it a great night, you guys. Thank you for joining me and I'll see you soon. All right, bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Dressage Life with JJ Tate. Make sure to tell your friends that they can find us wherever they get their podcasts and be sure to subscribe, like, and leave feedback to help other dressage lovers inspire their ride too. For more information and education from JJ Tate, make sure to visit teamtateacademy.com. The podcast you just listened to is produced and powered by Red Mare Enterprises, creating possibilities through branding, modern digital solutions, and project management. We know the horse industry inside and out.